0: to the Diabetes Revolution podcast with Dr. Sarah Townley, the type 2 diabetes coach, clinical pharmacist, and mom of six angels. You don't have to struggle and fight with your blood sugars for the rest of your life. I'm here to teach you the skills you need to control and even reverse this disease. There is such a thing as getting off your meds and creating a future free from diabetes, and you can have it too. Let's get down to business. Welcome back to the Diabetes Revolution podcast. I'm so excited today because today's a big deal. We're going to be talking about something that I'm very, very passionate about, and that has to do with understanding exactly what is wrong. We have to understand the problem in order for you to understand how to fix it, how to intervene and change the course of the problem. It's just like anything, you cannot understand a solution when you don't have a good understanding of what is wrong. So that's what today's podcast is all about. I want to explain that I did not learn what I'm about to teach you from a textbook, from a lecture in pharmacy school. And most of the physicians I've ever worked with have never learned this information either. It's entirely possible that after you're done listening to this podcast, you might have a better understanding than your doctor about what the disease process of insulin resistance really is. Why is that? I actually have a lot of ideas about that, but it's not really appropriate to discuss right now. So I will be getting to that in the next episode, which is, is type 2 diabetes actually reversible? So in order to learn what insulin resistance is, that core characteristic feature of type 2 diabetes, you're going to need to understand what the heck is insulin, right? Insulin is a hormone, which is essentially a chemical messenger in your body. It tells your body what to do, and it's very specific in what it wants your body to do. The best way That you can understand what insulin is telling your body to do is to think of it as a hormone that tells your body to build new things. And it's made in the pancreas, which is an organ that's underneath your stomach. The hand of insulin is very heavy, it affects every single cell in your body. Okay, so of course, when it doesn't work properly, you're gonna see a lot of problems, right? because it's got a function that affects every single cell in your body. So when you know that insulin is telling your body to take up nutrients and build new things with it, we can understand why it's called an anabolic hormone. We're going to be using energy, taking up glucose, taking up proteins, and we're going to be growing bigger when insulin is released and active in the body And we're going to be building new things like new muscle, new proteins, neurons, bone, sex hormones. This hormone is also the hormone that directs your body to store any extra energy for later as body fat. It's actually a genius design. Your body has been designed in an environment that doesn't have predictable food resources, Right? If you think about all the years we evolved on the earth, it's only been in the last, what, 100 years that we had an abundant amount of food around us that we could get without any expedi- real expenditure of energy. Okay? We didn't always have refrigerators, microwaves, drive throughs. Most of the time that we've been evolving on this earth, we had to go get our food, we had to kill our food, run after our food. And this is something I come back to a lot because I really believe that when you understand that this disease, type 2 diabetes, and a lot of chronic diseases are founded or rooted in the fact that our bodies are just not designed for the environment that we currently live in, you can start to see what is wrong in our environment that needs to change. So back to insulin. So insulin's a hormone. It's a chemical messenger. It tells your body to take up nutrients and to burn energy for fuel in the form of glucose, and to store extra energy first as glycogen, which is a long chain, a long molecule of glucose, um, of smaller molecules of glucose. And then we have a maximum capacity to how much we can store of glucose in the form of glycogen. And so in our body's infinite wisdom, it can store beyond that small supply of glycogen in the form of body fat. And here's a really important or cool tip to know. The first step to making body fat is to make triglycerides. Now, many of you have had your labs drawn and have been told that you have high triglycerides. Well, this is why. It's because insulin is very high in your body and it is causing your body to make body fat. It's a signal to your body. That's why so many people who have insulin resistance also have a lot of extra body fat because that hormone insulin has been very high and that is when we develop insulin resistance and also when we store body fat. And that very first step to making body fat is to make triglycerides. And so, yeah, if your blood sugars are high and your insulin is high, you're making a lot of triglycerides and your triglycerides are probably going to be elevated. But what you'll find is that as your blood sugar becomes normal, your triglyceride level will fall accordingly. So that's kind of a neat tip for you to know. Okay, so back to insulin resistance. So, when insulin is not working right in the body, it is not the body's not responding properly to that hormone insulin signals, okay? And this is happening all over the body. The two biggest places that we're going to spend time understanding are how your organs like your liver and your pancreas respond in an environment where insulin is always high and also how the rest of your body, your muscle cells especially, how do they respond in an environment that insulin is always high in. Okay, why is insulin high is probably a good question for us to answer really quick. Insulin is high because insulin is released in response to a certain kind of eating pattern and type of food composition. We are going to have to get into all the details of that in a different podcast episode. But essentially what I want you to understand is that when we eat carbohydrates and when we eat them all the time or drink them all the time, we are asking our bodies to make insulin in high quantities all the time and for people who develop insulin resistance this is a like body environment that has been happening or persistently dominating for many many years this is so important for you to understand because so many people in our c- culture we give this diagnosis. We label a person with type 2 diabetes when their blood sugars are high. They become symptomatic, right? They don't, feel pro- they don't feel well, or maybe it's just an accident. They got an infection, and they went into the hospital, or they went to the doctor, and they found out, uh-oh, you know, I've got very high blood sugar levels. Whatever way it is, that you were manifesting or exhibiting the symptoms of high blood sugars and you received your diagnosis, most people have a freak out. Okay? A lot of people had no idea that they were sick until they received this diagnosis. And we subscribe to this belief system that it's not until you have high blood sugars that you have diabetes, that you have a new problem that you didn't have before. And this is such a terrible lie to believe because it takes many years, eight on average, to develop high blood sugars as a consequence of insulin resistance. So when you get your diagnosis of prediabetes or diabetes, many of us believe, oh, I have this new problem that I didn't have before. But the truth is that this problem has been in motion, has been in development for almost a decade, if not more. And so there is no hurry to hurry up and fix this overnight. It's not something that needs to be corrected quickly because the body has been slowly adjusting to this problem for many, many years. And it's only because you saw the smoke that you knew there was a fire. That's what blood sugars, elevated blood sugars are essentially. They're just the smoke of a fire. So now that you're aware because you've received a diagnosis, now you can actually inform yourself of ways that you can correct it. Okay, but I just don't want you to live in this belief that you have this brand new problem that wasn't there. It was always there, it was there for a very long time. Okay, and it can kind of help you calm the F down, right? And not be in such a hurry. Okay, so when you have high insulin levels in response to eating in a pattern and eating types of foods that our bodies are not designed to consume in this way, we ask our bodies to have high insulin levels all the time. So insulin's persistently elevated. It's very high, much much higher than it needs to be or is supposed to be on a diet that we're designed to thrive on. And what happens is a couple of different things. The first thing is that we are storing body fat, okay? And the second thing is that our cells become resistant to high insulin levels because they simply stop responding. So let's talk about the details of those two things. Now understand this, when you are consuming extra energy, especially in the form of carbohydrates that are highly processed and refined, so these are like big jolts or big uh, doses of carbohydrates into your system that were Really, our environment should not have an abundance of, right? We didn't evolve with these kinds of highly concentrated, highly processed carbohydrates. When you introduce that on a regular basis into your body, your liver is responsible for processing all of that. It has to turn all of that energy into a usable form of fuel in your body, and that fuel is called glucose. It's the thing you're checking when you're checking your blood sugar, blood glucose. But not all carbohydrates and not most of the carbohydrates that we consume are in the form of glucose. So our liver is actually trying to process all of that, turn it into glucose and store anything extra. It's a freaking massive job. Okay, it's, um, it's actually and a lot of people just completely overwhelmed with the amount of work we're asking it to do. Right. If you think about how the standard American diet is for most people, they're consuming these kinds of foods all the day long. Okay, so your liver is processing all of these nutrients, and it's also responsible for turning extra into glycogen to store and also into fat. And that fat is supposed to be shipped out and stored in places in your body that your body is designed to store fat. Now, this is where it gets interesting People have different genetic instructions for where to store body fat. Think about it. You notice some people can store hundreds of pounds of body fat on their behinds, on their thighs, under their arms, all the different places, and we call that subcutaneous body fat. Okay, it's under the skin. This is a safe place to store body fat, relatively. Now, some people can develop type two diabetes and not even really look that overweight. Right. Think of Asian people especially. They actually have different BMI cutoffs for overweight and obese because their bodies in general are not storing as much subcutaneous body fat as, for example, a Caucasian person. So when you think about your liver asking your body to store extra energy in the form of body fat, there's going to be what's called a personal fat threshold, Okay, so this is the place where your liver is not able to store subcutaneous body fat because it's just reached max capacity. Your body's like, we don't have any more space for under the skin fat. So, in this scenario, the liver starts to store it wherever it can. And unfortunately, that means within itself, inside the liver. So, pause real quick and think do you have fatty liver? Because the truth is, is if you have insulin resistance, you have fatty liver. Like almost 100% of people who have insulin resistance have fatty liver. So if you've been told that, it's all part of the same problem. Okay, so just keep that tucked away in the back of your head. So the liver is storing fat inside of itself. It's also shipping it out and storing it in places. It's also not supposed to be stored simply because your body is asking your liver to store it inside of its organs and inside of the muscle tissue. This is called ectopic fat. It's fat storage where it shouldn't be okay? And so it's storing fat inside the pancreas as well, in and around the organs. This is a bad place to store fat. And if you are a person who looks pretty slender but has developed insulin resistance, you're just a person that has been storing, their body has been asking you, your body has been asking you to store its subcut, or its extra fat, its body fat inside of the organs. And this is where we start to get problems like insulin resistance. Okay. So what's happening is you're storing fat inside of your organs, inside of your muscle. And why is this bad? Because it causes a couple of different things to happen. Your liver, first thing that happens is your liver starts running out of space too, to store fat. Now, if insulin's job is to take that sugar in your bloodstream and move it into a cell to burn for fuel or to store as energy for later. When the liver starts storing fat, it's sort of like a big balloon you're blowing up, okay? If you imagine a balloon being blown up, blown up with more and more air to the point where it's starting to get pretty full, it's hard to continue to blow air into it, right? And so if insulin from the pancreas is responsible for telling the liver to store to move that sugar and store it, and the liver is like, I can't handle anymore, I literally don't have any more space, the only thing your body knows to do is to amplify its signal to store by making more insulin, okay? So your pancreas just starts pushing out more insulin, trying to get the liver to store and move more of that glucose out, and the rest of the body, of course. So when the liver is super full and it's not accepting, the pancreas ramps up insulin production. And what happens is higher insulin levels cause more insulin resistance. The liver does accept some more of that glucose, but if you are a person who's continuing to eat in a way that the body is not able to accommodate, Eventually, you will run out of space again in your liver. And so what happens is you become more insulin resistant, more insulin resistant. and your pancreas knows nothing else to do but to make more insulin. okay? So begins this um, process where it drives itself. More insulin means higher insulin resistance, means more insulin production, means more insulin resistance. And you're storing fat the whole time. You're storing it under your skin, but you're also storing it in places that start to cause a lot of trouble. One of those places is your pancreas. Your pancreas is not designed to store fat. And remember, this fat is not healthy fat. A lot of it is coming from processed foods that contain toxic oils. And those are fats. And so the kind of fat we're storing in the places we're not supposed to store it cause a few different problems. One of them is it causes an inflammation, inflammatory process to begin in that location. So if your immune system is coming to the rescue to clean up all of this fat. By the way, it's spilling. It's coming out of the fat cells and spilling into the spaces between the cells, interfering with insulin signaling. Insulin's not able to bind to the receptor and do its... Um, send its message when there's fat in the way physically. But this fat is also causing an inflammation to happen and an immune reaction to happen. And so when the immune system is there trying to clean up the mess, it does damage inadvertently healthy tissue. Okay, And so the pancreas becomes inflamed and a lot of places are also becoming inflamed in the similar process in your body. Okay, so High, high insulin drives insulin resistance, and it also causes inflammation in in organs and locations in your body that should not be storing fat. The fat itself is a problem. The inflammation is also a problem, and the high blood sugars are also a problem for your pancreas. Those three forces, high glucose, fat, lipotoxicity is what we call that, and inflammation for, from your own immune response to that fat are the three things that eventually cause your pancreas to fail. Okay, your pancreas is cranking out all this insulin, and it's also got this, these other problems, collateral damage going on, and eventually it's not able to keep up anymore. It's not able to make enough insulin to overcome mounting insulin resistance. And at the point that it isn't able to keep up, it fails and then your blood sugars eventually just, you know, they go high. They are much higher than they should be. And in people who catch this in that transitional process, their pancreas hasn't completely failed. That's pre-diabetes, right? That transitional phase. But essentially, it's one continuous problem. It's a continuum. And when you are symptomatic and you start to have that, you know, high blood sugars with all the symptoms, that's typically when most people find out that they have insulin resistance. So let's come back to that second piece of insulin resistance. We've already talked about ectopic fat storage and pancreatic failure. But what's happening in the rest of the body is as insulin production has been ramping up over years, Your body is getting this loud signal from insulin to take up fuel, to take up glucose. And to also, your muscle tissues will also be asked by insulin to store excess glucose as glycogen. And your muscle cells are also going to run out of space. They're also going to be storing fat where they shouldn't be. If you think of like a marbled ribeye, right? What do we do to cows to get those ribeyes to get all those nice fat streaks in them? We feed them corn, okay? (laughs) We feed them refined carbohydrates. And so that's a similar process happening in the human body. And if your body is being subjected to this really loud noise, like think of it as like super, super loud headbanger music, okay? It's just really, really loud. The only way that your cells all over your body know to deal with this problem is to just simply stop listening to that noise. They cover up their ears, kind of, um, and they do this. These cells do this by just removing the receptors, the place where insulin attaches outside of the cell to the cell to send the signal. They remove they remove those receptors from the surface of the cell so that they become insulin resistant. They stop responding to that loud signal. There's nothing wrong with the insulin receptor per se. And this is a big misconception that I learned in pharmacy school and that is still being taught to medical students today, that there's this lock and key problem, that the insulin receptor is just not working properly. But that's not true because we're still storing fat right? Insulin's still working to do that, so why would some cells respond and some cells not? Well, they just have different adaptive mechanisms to dealing with these very high, abnormally high insulin levels. And so as that insulin level is going up, 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 the body becomes more and more resistant as well, and it just stops listening. Okay, so that is essentially the disease process that's underway in a person who develops high blood sugars and gets diagnosed with type two diabetes. So the next logical question that people often have is, well, if high insulin is what's causing insulin resistance, why would I receive medication that would increase my insulin levels? And I'm not just talking about insulin injections. Okay, I'm talking about oral medications that also increase insulin levels like glipizide and glimepiride or gliburide. Um, and there's, there's several more. And this is a totally... Logical and valid question. And for a long time, I have wondered if this is really the reason why we don't define and explain the disease process of insulin resistance clearly is because in medicine, our main reason or the main strategy that we manage this disease is medications. And if we understand that in the long run, these medications often will make the problem worse, we would begin to question whether or not it's a good idea to give people these medications. So the next logical question is, well, how do I get my insulin levels down? <laughs> and if that is why, where I want to lead you to. If you understand that You need to get insulin levels down so you can reverse insulin resistance so that you can access your fat stores, especially those ectopic fat stores, and start to liberate that stored body fat. What you will see when insulin levels fall low enough for these two things to happen is that less medications are needed. Blood sugars normalize. And guess what? It is way more effective To do it this way than to use medications to reduce blood sugars. Because when you address what is causing the disease, the body knows how to heal itself. And on this podcast, I am going to teach you how to get your insulin levels down so that your body has the opportunity to heal. I want you to know your body is incredibly resilient. It doesn't matter if you've had diabetes for one year or for 10 years, your body will have the capacity to heal. What does that look like? It looks different for different people, but essentially what it looks like is less medications and developing a lifestyle that manages your blood sugar so that they can be normal with fewer or no medications for the rest of your life. This actually equates to a life of not getting sicker, not taking more medications, and it simply comes from allowing and supporting your body and giving it the opportunity that it needs to heal because it does know how to do that. All right, that's it for this podcast. It's getting a little long, so I'm going to stop right here and I will see you on the next podcast. High five for tuning in with me today you are getting smarter and stronger when you show up for yourself this way. You can get more free tools to help you control type 2 diabetes on my website, sarahtownley.com. And if you're serious about ending your struggle with diabetes, join my membership, The Diabetes Revolution, where you work with me in a community of people just like you. See you on the next episode.